Hello and welcome to a post-game edition of the Cyclone Insider Podcast and live stream. I am Travis Hines. He's Randy Peterson. We're talking to you after Iowa State's 34-27 Big 12 opener victory over Oklahoma State. The Iowa State offense, after a really tough two weeks, finally finds some success, mostly through the air. Rocco Beck throws for 348 yards three touchdowns. The Iowa State offense didn't look like it was stuck in mud throughout the second half as it essentially, I don't know if I want to say abandoned the running game, but certainly put the running game in the back seat and handed the keys of the car over to Rocco Beck, who drove them to the promised land. Randy, have we seen, are we not looking at the the greatest show on turf? Are we looking (laughs) at another 98 Vikings? Are we another looking at a uh, 2008 New England Patriots or, uh, Maybe something not quite as grand. Probably not something not quite as grand, but it certainly, it certainly was a confidence builder for, um, <clears throat> excuse me, for the offense, and that, in that this was the only thing that they could do. I mean, they they obviously, like you said, were not running the ball. If they were going to be successful this year, they had to start throwing it. We saw it in the second half at Ohio when Rocco was something like six out of nine, more than a hundred yards passing and a touchdown in the fourth quarter. <clears throat> we saw that he had that potential. Plus, he threw the ball downfield in the Ohio game. We saw that that potential was there. That 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 those plays work while the running plays are still. I don't know what they're doing. They're still working on that. But um, so it was it was quite evident to to all to everyone that if Iowa State was going to going to um, you know try to improve on last year's record, that it was going to have to be at least for now through the air to get something going to get the defenses to loosen up the against the rush. And I, I, I still don't understand what Oklahoma State was doing, but I'm, certainly Gundy is, you know, the be, one of the best coaches in the conference, if not the best, um, over, over time, um, crowding so many people in the box. But nonetheless, um, Iowa State, what Rocco Beck did, he threw the ball down the field. He threw the ball down the field to Daniel Jackson, who got – a lot of confidence today. He had he had um, he had a wonderful game. Jalen Knoll had a wonderful game after after not even playing, not even playing now at um, at at Ohio because he had that uh, that stomach flu stuff. But um, this was a this was a, a big confidence builder. Exactly what they needed, and we criticized the offensive line, rightfully in my estimation, during the first three games. Well. At least today, today, let's not forget. After today, let's not forget that Rocco has still only been sacked once, and and this was a you know he didn't get sacked at all today against an Oklahoma State team that was crowding the line of scrimmage. So, um, yeah, okay, Oklahoma State left was exposed a little bit in the back end because they were playing so many guys close to the close, but. Nonetheless, you still have to hit those passes, and Rocco did. He did to his receivers. Um, so it was it was probably a huge win for Iowa State. I mean, this is yeah, it's the fourth game of the year, but I don't know. I I, I I dread to think what would have happened if Iowa State would have lost this game. Yeah, I think you know the question is this offense. What's it going to look like going forward? Because they threw it 38 to 34 times. I looked at Randy, 10 of those rushes 
Uh, I think two of them were kneel downs at the end of the game, but 10 of them after they went came from the fourth quarter after they were already up two touchdowns. So obviously that skewed heavily uh, towards the passing game. And the question is, does that stick around? Because today it did not feel like that was part of the game plan. They were trying like hell to run the ball early throughout the game to, I think, to the point where they actually got booed. You know, I think they did where, get booed, yeah. And then eventually, finally, they kind of opened it up a little bit. And not kind of, they absolutely opened it up a little bit and, and threw the ball. And I mean, it felt like, you know, I think there's the old Winston Churchill quote that you can always count on Americans to do the right thing after they've tried everything else. You know, it felt like you can count on Iowa State to actually throw the ball after they've tried everything else because it was, uh, I think it had reached a stubbornness phase there midway through the second quarter when it was clear that this running game was not going to work and that they were able to pass the ball. And, you know, again, I don't think they're going to be air raid next week in Norman, but I think at least this seemed like an acknowledgement of how poorly they performed in the running game and that the opportunities were just much too apparent in the passing game to continue to forego trying to take advantage of them. And I think Rocco can be a pretty good quarterback. I mean, this was the first time we've really seen him as far as Iowa State. I don't want to – turning him loose maybe. I don't know whether that's the right phraseology. But um, certainly throwing – you know, him throwing 38 times – um, so I, I think he's, I think he's going to be a pretty good quarterback. Jalen Noel certainly had, like I said, had a wonderful game. Daniel Jackson continued to show, um, uh, he, he had a good game against Ohio. He made some nice catches today, had a couple touchdowns. So, so yeah, I think, I think the passing game now at least is, is something that's, that's going to be in the back of the mind, minds of defensive coordinators throughout the conference that, um, hey, this new guy, this new kid quarterback just might not be, isn't so bad. Um, I, we'll see. I mean, it's too bad that Iowa State, you know, they built, they get so much confidence now after winning it, their first Big 12, Big 12 conference game. Um, um, they get so much confidence that, oh, by the way, now they're going to uh, to play at Oklahoma. But I guess we've seen things happen there before. Um um, so yeah, it, it, it's 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 good for Iowa State that they were able to show a different part of the offense that they have, and maybe maybe they're it also shows that they're not as stubborn like you know like you insinuated. They're not as stubborn with the run um, because we certainly saw it, like you said, about it about to the point where um, where the fans started were booing. Was that I don't know. It was the end of whatever halftime, second quarter, third quarter. I don't know when it was, but um, yeah, I, I think and maybe this maybe that will loosen up the coaches, the, the playbook a little bit going forward. Um, we'll see. Hey, hey dude, we I mean, saw, hell, they they did a flea flicker I on like the second play of the game. I was just gonna go there. It didn't work, but but it, yeah, but like, damn it, they, they tried it. it. I know it was awesome. <laughs> High five. I fight for the offense. They tried something. Yeah, they did a flea flicker. That was, that was spectacular. Jeez, um, the fans certainly didn't boo that. And Randy, I think another important piece of the passing game too is that you know we saw Jaden Higgins have a couple of nice games early on. 
but we saw Jalen Knoll have a huge game today. We saw Daniel Jackson have a huge game today. For Iowa State, I think that's hugely uh, important potentially going forward because if they're going to have to lean on this passing game, and I'm pretty convinced that's going to be at least the intermediate-term case, to be able to spread that out to get dynamic playmaking from multiple wide receivers when the wide receivers have not done much this year is huge. You got, you know, I think Jackson has a ton of talent. Jalen Knoll, we've seen for a long time, you know, the the ceiling that he has. And I think Higgins obviously showed it early on. So for them to have some guys that Rocco Beck can spread the ball around to and, and make an impact, I think that was, again, the passing game in and of itself is a huge step forward. But I think the pieces within it suggest there might be something more to it than just Oklahoma State blowing a few coverages a couple of times tonight. Here's another here's another fact. Um, running backs caught three passes. Eli Sanders caught two passes. Um, Sama caught one. Um, so that's something that Iowa State hasn't shown a, a ton of this year um, either. So, and, and once again, Ben Bramer, as far as the, the the tight ends, Ben Bramer caught four passes. He was he caught more passes than than um, um, any of the other tight ends. So, and I really like that kid. I, I I really do. I mean, he's he's one of the top performers on the team, and he's just a true freshman. What a great recruiting um, coup there for Iowa State. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. They spread the, they spread the passing out. We haven't even seen Dimitri Stanley much this year. He only caught one pass today. And and Higgins, Jaden Higgins only caught one pass today. So they've got plenty of potential in the passing game. They're they're just out there. It's a matter of 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 Rocco getting the getting the ball to them. And Campbell said very early in his postgame press conference that it's his job to put the players in position to win games. In other words, to me, that's Campbell's always players position, players formations plays. So to get the players in, who are making to get the playmakers in the right spots to make play. Well, we know Jalen knows a playmaker. We know Daniel Jackson's a playmaker. We know Bramer's a playmaker. We know all the receivers. Those, those guys are playmakers. Um, so, and, and I think Rocco's a playmaker with his arm, at least not so sure about with his, with his legs, but uh, um, yeah, today was, was a great step forward in that respect. And especially from a confidence factor. Well, it's interesting, too, that, you know, this is, again, grading on a curve, and it's a high bar to clear, that I thought this was the worst Iowa State's defense has played. I mean, obviously that TCU game to end last year, but, like, clearly their worst game of this year. And a very atypical performance from them. They gave up some big plays. They missed some tackles. uh, But they still only gave up, what, 27 points, had a couple of interceptions. Like, they were still pretty good. But the offense needed to put points on the board today because that defense was not quite as you know reached that ten out of ten that they so often do. And they, yeah, and they, like you said, they had Oklahoma State had some big plays, um, but for the most part, the defense played okay. I mean, it, it's kind of a hold your breath ending, but uh, um, until whoever it was intercepted the pass there at the end, who was, I don't even remember who that was. T.J. Tampa. There you go. Oh, your guy, TJ. Um, yeah. So I think 
we 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 just take the defense for granted sometimes maybe because it's been so good that you're right today they found another way to win the game and today that the way they won that game was was because of uh um of the passing game now when Bo Freeler had an interception also so um after dropping yeah. one early in the game yeah yeah he could have had two he had one right in his hands I mean it would have been a great catch but nonetheless he's a good enough player he could make that catch um but yeah I Iowa State um now that they've they just have that they've got the passing game they it shows that that uh, um, the offense can can win games too, and let's not forget um, Chase Contreras, also the field goal kicker, who came back in a major way after after missing two, three, whatever it was against against two against Ohio last week. Um, he came back and knocked knocked a couple of them through today, fifty one yards and forty six yards. So um, those were needed all as as well. So. Um, all in all, I'd, I'd say that it was a just a very, very big confidence-building game for Iowa State and a game that Iowa State needed, um, needed desperately to win this game. I think it, this could have the rest of the season could have gone – if Iowa State did not win this game, the rest of the season just as well could have gone the other way because I guarantee you they would not have been favored against anybody the remainder of the season. Um, but now we'll, we'll see what happens, and, and especially with the confidence in the um, – in the passing game. Yeah. I mean, I think it's worth talking a little bit about the running game being a mess. Again, they averaged 2.2 yards per carry. Uh, Cartavius Norton leaves the game with what Campbell called a stinger of his shoulder. His right arm was in a sling in the second half while he sat on the side line. So I guess we'll have to wait to hear more from Campbell on Tuesday about that. But uh, Carson Hansen, four carries, 10 yards, 2.5 yards a carry. Abu Sama, eight carries for seven yards, 0.9 yards. I thought he had more yards than that, but I'm not going to disagree with the stats, but um, they need to get him out in space. 2.2 yards per carry. The offensive line, again, you brought up what they did in pass protection. That has not been an issue all year. You have to give them credit. They've been good in pass protection, full stop, been good. But that does not cover up or excuse how poor they've been in the running game. And, again – I don't think this is going to go full air raid for Iowa State, so they're going to have to figure out something in the running game. But, you know, maybe it's the running backs. I thought there was a couple of times. And I thought really that Norton, I think one time in the first half, you know, did not hit a hole as hard as he should have. There actually was a hole in a seam there, and he didn't really hit it with aggressiveness and violence. But on the whole, you're just looking at that offensive line get blasted back time and again. Um, you know, they start. They played a true freshman in Brendan Black at, at guard. Triber played at guard. Hufford played at guard. Um, the, the one guy who did not play, I don't think, unless I missed him, was Daryl Simmons, who coming into this year is a four-year starter at, at guard. And, you know, they've got a true freshman in there in Brendan Black. So that, again, they're in a tough spot there. Remsburg will help in a few weeks. But, man, like, that team is, or that unit is really struggling with the running game. And, you know, it's not going to probably get talked about because the passing attack led them to a victory. And that's the most important thing, but looking forward, it's, it's hard to envision a Matt Campbell team having success. If the offensive line and the running game are going to struggle like this. Yeah. And going back to talking about Brendan black, um, there were some times that it looked like that he looked like he was a true freshman, but I noticed once 
that he absolutely pancaked his guy, um, which that was that was huge. I mean, it's a, here's a true freshman out there playing the offensive line, and, and that's that's tough for those guys. He's over 300 pounds, yeah, but he's still going. He still falls in that 18 to 22 year old range, and he very and the Iowa State. Let's not forget that Iowa State's playing against the probably the 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 most veteran team in the Big 12 Conference, and Iowa State. You know, we all know that has the youngest team Matt Campbell has coached since he's been at the school. So um, the offensive line still has some holes. Yeah, it's got some work to do, um, but at least there's there's as as you know, coaches like to like to make like to um, um, stress the running game. So that's still be, I'm sure that'll still be the case, but at least there's a very adequate plan B, a very adequate backup plan. And that, that'd be the passing game. Very adequate plan B. I think that's uh, the title or the headline of your next column, Randy. I thought you were going to say very, a book. Very, no, I mean, I'm, I'd read that book. Sure. All right. We got anything else? Iowa state. 34, Oklahoma State 27. Iowa State improves a 2-2 two and two on the year, 1-0 and oh in the Big 12. Certainly showed signs of life offensively that had been missing the last two weeks to get to 2-2 two and two, heading into a game Saturday in Norman against Oklahoma. Randy and I will be there to give you all the coverage you could possibly ever want. Be sure to check out DesMoinesRegister.com tonight and tomorrow for all of our coverage of Iowa State's victory tonight and then all throughout the week uh, to get you ready to watch that Oklahoma game next weekend. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider Podcast and Livestream. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.